Blog Talk Radio. State of Arizona versus Jody Ann Arias, verdict count one. We, the jury, duly impaneled and sworn in the above entitled action upon our oath do find the defendant as to count one first degree murder guilty. I've been in the right place, but it must have been a wrong time. I'd have said the right thing, but it must have used the wrong line. I've been on the right trail, but it must have Good evening. This is Clear and Convincing with Michael Carnahan and Lisa O'Brien where we explore the most infamous cases in our country's history based not on the court of public opinion, but from the perspective of the courts. I've been running keeps hung up in my mind. This time the court will read the verdicts. On count one, the verdict reads as follows. We, the jury, find the defendant, Stephen A., Avery, guilty of first-degree intentional homicide as charged in the first count of the information. Good evening, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Clear and Convincing, the show that looks at criminal cases from the perspective of the courts, not the court of public opinion. We're Lisa O'Brien, podcasting from New Orleans, Louisiana, and Michael Carnahan from Little Rock, Arkansas. In tonight's bonus episode, we'll talk to Gregory Corner III, a former boyfriend of Stacy Stites. Greg and Stacy met in the spring of 1992 and were together until July of 1992. We'll talk about Greg's life, his relationship with Stacy, and learn about Stacy from someone who knew her well. We are a live show, and as always, calls are welcome. Our phone number, well, we're not going to be live tonight, so sorry, Michael. <laughs> I messed you up. <laughs> no, 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 I messed no, that up no. when I was working on it. It happens. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't take out the live show because this is going to be, this is being recorded and will be uploaded for listening on Thursday. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I well, guess let's go ahead and introduce our All right. Uh, so we are with Gregory Corner III. Uh, he knew Stacy Stites well in 1992. And so we are going to talk a little bit more, or just talk to him about his life and his uh, life with Stacy. Hi, awesome. Greg. How are you? Awesome. I'm good. I'm, good. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started um, real quickly. Uh, why don't you tell us about yourself, your family, where you grew up, your, well, your, your dad South and mom? I was born in South Bend, but I grew up pretty much in Houston, Texas, in the uh, Cypress area, Bear Creek. All right. I have I have no idea where that is. I lived in Bel Air, Texas, in the Bel Air area. Uh, Highway 6 and Clay Road area. Okay. That's uh, still considered northwest Houston. I don't know. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure where Bel Air was. I was Bel-Air only seven. Was... I didn't drive. Yeah. <laughs> Bel Air's kind of so... in the middle of Houston. Okay. The 59 area, I believe. I okay. could be wrong. I don't go to Houston that often anymore. I yeah, I didn't either. I left it when I was eight. <laughs> Well, I've been here. Well, I was under protest. I was five. And what about your parents? What did your dad do? Your mom? Well, my dad and mom are both retired now. Uh, back then, my dad worked in a floor covering, and my mom was uh, worked in a hair salon. Okay. And. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I have one brother and one sister. One brother who's into automotive stuff, and he owns DP Disturbing the Peace Performance. And then uh, my sister is married and has a bunch of kids, too. So, <laughs> Okay. And um, you went to school in Houston. Uh, what was your high school? Uh, I went to Langle Creek and uh, graduated in 87. Um, then I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts from Southwest Texas in 90, 98. 98. Yeah, I think it was 98. Okay. And you were, you taught? I was a substitute teacher for a little while. Um, and then, as, if I recall correctly from the trial, you also worked for a a foundation that used horses as therapy. Yeah. yeah, in college I worked for uh, AWARE. I don't know if it's still there, but it was a therapeutic horseback ranch. That's where um, I found out about Stacy's death when I was watching the news, and then the next day that's when the Bastrop County sheriffs and everybody showed up at my house. <clears throat> okay. And then I voluntarily went with them and did all that stuff, so <laughs> right. So you cooperated uh, because your your name was mentioned in the initial stages of the investigation. But before we go there, um, why don't you tell us about how you and Stacy met? Um, I say me, my cousin, and one of my friends went to Port Aransas for uh, spring break. For, uh, spring break. Uh, 92, uh, 92. I think it was around March. Think it was around March. Uh, we had a hotel room. We, we were room. partying. Um, um, they actually, I don't remember. Actually, I don't remember. She came to the hotel room, or if we met on the beach first. But we met on the beach, and then they came up to the hotel room before they went out, and we hung out for a little while, and then. Um, then the next day we we got together and hung out at uh arcade I believe played games and Stacy was with was Stacy with a group of friends she was with a friend named Becky and then I don't remember the guy's name okay Becky ended up dating my cousin for about a year or so and then I ended up dating Stacy when I went and visited her. 
Right. And so, and meeting her under that, those circumstances, you thought she was in was, college at that time. Yeah, I was under the impression that she was 19 and a senior in high school. Okay. Um, she was drinking beer in front of police, you know, on the beach. I had a beer. I don't want to <laughs> make her look like she's a bad person, because you know, okay. teens will be They've done that, you know. That, you know. <laughs> I was about right. to say, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody that was in high school uh, didn't at least somewhat drink occasionally. Yeah, I, my friend and I used to go to a restaurant that my family patronized, and sit in the bar and drink even though we were 16 yeah and we only stopped doing it when my parents came in and saw us and afterwards my mother said do you know how much trouble these people will get into if you're caught by alcohol regulations and that's when we stopped doing it yeah so i mean yeah teenagers you know teenagers do they break the rules. I was 14. I was getting drunk all the time at my other cousin's house. So, I mean, it was, <laughs> to me, I just think it's a normal part of life. People, kids are going to do what they're not supposed to do. Some will and some won't. Right. Some learn, some don't. You know? Right. I don't hold it against anybody. Unless they get stupid. Right. No, and and... You can't name a kid who hasn't done something. But the funny thing is, is that was like the only time that initial day or weekend, and then I never really, she never really drank after that. Not that I remember. Right. We'd go out to a restaurant, you know, stuff like that, and I don't even remember her ordering anything. And I really didn't. Wasn't that big of a drinker back then, so right. And, and so you would visit her about every two weeks. Okay. So. And was that in Cor- in Corpus Christi? I always visit her in Corpus. Uh, so I'd come up there visit for the weekend because. We arranged a where my job where I would work one weekend and I was off the next weekend for three days. Okay. So I'd work two weeks, go up there, hang out with her, spend pretty much the weekend with her, you know, except when, when she went home. And, I, and I'd stay with my aunt who was living there. And we would go watch movies and hang out, go to the beach, you know, just fun, just fun stuff. And then... um I think we even went to church one day. That was way down, you know, a few months into the relationship, mm-hmm. maybe two or three. Might have been three. So I think that was in May. Right. So we met in March. May, right there close to June. And the age was brought up, but it wasn't brought up to the point where, you know, her true age came out. <laughs> okay. So, you know, went down like a year or so. (laughs) Okay, I could still do with this. And then later on, I would find out she was her true age. But right then, I'm already, you know, we've been together two or three months. 
should have broke it off, but I didn't because I was in love with her and stayed with her until July. July, what was it, July 5th. That's when her mom broke us up. And I came back to Houston after spending a few more days in Corpus because I was on vacation. Came back to Houston and tried to call her a few times and, you know, talked to her once. She said, don't talk, don't call here anymore. I said, okay. And went about my life. And that was about it. (laughs) So... Um, until now, 96. <laughs> until ni- 1996. Yep. And um, of course, we've we've seen the police report that Carol made out in July of '92, the end of July, or toward the end of July, um, because of your relationship with Stacy, because you were over, you I was were over 22. 18, and Stacy was you were 22, and Stacy was. 15. Um, what happened with that? I have no clue. I didn't know about the police report until this year. And everybody that's apparently seen it has told me the dates, and I'm like, uh, no. I wasn't 23. I was 22. Stacy wasn't 14. She was 15. So I don't actually – I've never actually seen the report. Okay. I didn't even know. All right, there was so you were no one. No one ever contacted right, you, me about it. You were never contacted by police until 1996. I was not contacted by police until 1996, and they still didn't tell me there was a report. Okay. Basically, they took me in. They asked me why I killed Stacy, and I said I didn't kill Stacy. I love Stacy. I wouldn't hurt Stacy. Do you mind giving me your DNA stuff? Or where were you? Let's see, it was where were you last night? Okay, I was in bed. Uh, anybody to verify? Well, you could ask my wife. Um, I was actually supposed, I think I was supposed to go do a theater rehearsal and it got canceled. So there was also that phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, well, do you mind giving us your DNA? Eh, sure, whatever. They yanked my hair out. Well, we found, they said something about a hair. I don't know if this hair actually ever existed or not. Um, well, it was, was serious hair. It was microscopically similar, but also dissimilar. Yeah. So basically you couldn't be excluded, but it wasn't enough to tie you. I figured they made up the Because hair. of the dissimilarities. <laughs> but, you know, you can get a and hair throwing your clothes in a dryer that's still got one piece of somebody else's hair in it and a laundromat. Right. I know that. <laughs> right. And the currently certain proponents of Rodney Reed are lying about it. They're saying it's DNA when it's not. It yeah, was, was microscopic no evaluation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, now I know that there was actually hair. I thought, assumed they were just making it up to get me to go talk to me. <laughs> no, and, it, um, like I said, it was microscopically similar. Similar. So I gave mm-hmm. them the DNA, and then 
uh, Rocky goes, well, why'd you kill her? I said, I blew up on him. I said, I resent the hell out of you for that shit. I told you I loved her. I wouldn't touch her. I wouldn't hurt her. And he said, fine, and went about my business. All this happened during finals, so it was all, that's how I can remember it. Mm-hmm. So I went back to the school all a little bit shooken up and did did what I was supposed to do for some people, and then I went home. Um, two years later, I think it was two years, might have been a year, uh, the state didn't tell me that I was about to get a, uh, a visit from the uh, defense investigator. I think it was April 1st. So this guy shows up on the property where I work and live, but I wasn't there. So all I got from my boss was, oh, there was some long shark looking dude that showed up here to talk to you. So I don't sleep the night before because I was thinking it was an April Fool's joke and nobody told me April Fool's. So I go to work the next day. I get a call on my cell phone from um, the Texas investigator. I forgot her name. About um, defense attorney going to have an investigation in there. They made me go do the um, um, swearing in along with everybody else. I think that was before that, though. And then the guy shows up on my property and he wants to ask a bunch of questions. And um, basically I said, any question you want to ask me, you can ask me here in front of my wife. He said, no, you can't. I told him to get the blank off my property. Okay. And I when I went to the state, contacted the state the next day, we sat down and we talked. And I said, you know what, I want to make sure that, you know, my side is heard and that, you know, they can't use it against y'all. And that's how me and my wife ended up testifying. Uh, what was it, a year later, a few months later? Right. I don't remember. I didn't know it was yeah, right the defense, during finals. You don't remember the name of the defense investigator because Reed had at least two. It was some older guy. Like I said, he did look okay. like a long <laughs> Okay. Yeah. All right. That sounds like, well, it could have been either Vasquez or Dwayne Olney. But I, you know, I didn't even take his card. You know, when he started yeah. pulling that crap, you have to come to the card, talk to me. I was like, no, we're done. Anything, you know, anything you need, you need to ask me, you can ask me in front of my wife. Okay. I wasn't going to keep secrets from her. There was no reason for it. Right, right. She, you talk to her right now, she doesn't remember any of this stuff, because right? <laughs> it really didn't affect her. <laughs> mm-hmm. She goes, I went to the trial one day. They asked me if you were home, if you could have left the house without, I think this is what she told me, left the house without me knowing it, and I said no. And then they asked me about what kind of uh, reading or writing I do. Right. I don't remember the exactly. transcripts. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the defense didn't even cross-examine you. No. I, you know, I went, I read the trial testimony yesterday from, from you and, and Jennifer. And, um, you know, they didn't even question. The defense passed subject to recall and they never called you. Yeah. 
and we talked to make sure the judge knew that I could go away because I mean that was a weird screwed up day. Um, yeah, the trial day because they walked me into the uh, holding room and all I heard was Carol go, "Oh shit!" People hadn't seen me in forever, <laughs> and I don't think they were aware that I was going to be testifying. Mm-hmm. So they took me upstairs with my wife, and then we testified. And then um, I asked them to have Carol come up and talk to me, and she did. And we both cried. Mm-hmm. And I apologized to her and made amends. And she's even said that she's in the Facebook. We made an amends back then. Um, and then they had me go out the back court of the courthouse because they said the Reed family was intimidating people in the front of the courthouse. So. Right. And then then years went by. You know, I got divorced. Graduated, got divorced, moved back to Houston, worked on, uh, still working on a dot-com, and the dot-com crash happened. I went belly up. My grandmother got sick, took care of her for seven years. Got in a bad relationship. Then that's when uh, Brenda, I get, yeah, it was Brenda, and Demi contacted me on Facebook and kind of changed my life forever. Yeah. And that was the first time I'd known I had a daughter. That is a tough, <laughs> a tough thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of, I can see both sides, but, but you are the only person who has a right to be angry about it. Yeah. You know, I was. But, and if you, you know, and Carol have talked, have you talked to Carol since then? Well, yeah, on Facebook a little bit, you know, and like I said, you know, people bring up this this court document where I should have been charged. Well, okay. But I wasn't. Why wasn't I charged? Because Stacy didn't want me charged. Mm-hmm. And I would have known that I had a child and damn well, I would have been fighting for my child. <laughs> right. Right. You know, could I have so. beat the charges in court? Eh, who knows? <laughs> then I did exactly. have my own attorney. So, you know, well, but it would you know, have been knowledge, bad on knowledge of her age is is really kind of that's the key. Yeah. I mean, um, here's the thing: if I would have known how old she was when we first took up, it would have never happened. Right. Would I go back and change it? Hell no. I got a beautiful daughter and two beautiful granddaughters, and I was with the most beautiful woman in the world for five months, well, four months. I got to be a big part right. of her life. She got to be a big part of mine. You know, whenever we got together and we held hands and we kissed, I forgot all my week's worth of troubles. Uh I just recently gave all the letters that she wrote me that I could find to my daughter. So our daughter, I should say. <laughs> mhm. So Demi got to know her mom a little bit better just from those letters. 
Right. You know, and that, for them to say that is, we'd had a relationship with this woman, with Stacy, is just an outright lie. <laughs> Stacy wasn't that wait, way. Wait, pardon? Oh, like Reed saying that he had a relationship with Stacy, that just isn't going to happen because Stacy wasn't that way. Right. That's, I, I've never believed that. Uh, if that had been the case, there would have been credible witnesses at trial. Yeah. Hell, if that had been the case, Reed would have testified. He didn't testify? No. No, he didn't testify at his – no, he didn't testify at his capital murder trial. Did because he had he evidence? done so – pardon? Did he testify at any of his other hearings? No. Huh. And yet they keep blaming Jimmy for not testifying again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I exactly. know why Jimmy is not, because, I mean, Jimmy's tainted now. He screwed up. Correct. You know? Um, so. And they'll use that against him. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be things Correct. that he for, he's forgotten. Now, do I think he's probably was a controlling jack-off? Mm, probably. You know, most officers I know, police officers I know are kind of controlling <laughs> Right. So, but you know, the Stacy that you knew, yeah, um, different the, the Stacy that's described as being not wanting to get married and afraid. Did you know state a Stacy that would have been afraid of any man? No, Stacy was a fighter. If somebody threw up on her, she's gonna throw up on them. She was an athlete. She wasn't a little pushover. Mm-hmm. Her nickname playing basketball, and I loved watching her play basketball, was Bam Bam because of the way she shot and the way it hit the rim. So I watched a few of her oh, basketball see, I... games. Okay. It was a summer thing. Yeah. Um, I had never, I had never heard that. Well, and when you say threw up, you don't mean barfing. No, you throw, mean no, not, putting up yeah. dukes and fighting. Yeah. <laughs> just to clear that up for some of the listeners. Yeah, I just oh, don't see, see I her being standing there. I meant the way she threw up her shot, honestly. Oh yeah, when that's why she was called Bam Bam. Is the way she. When she uh, tossed a shot into the ring and it would hit the rim, it would make a bam-bam sound. So that's why all of her teammates called her bam-bam. Nice. So she would not have... I mean, you know, controlling... Older men are generally controlling of younger women. Because they think they're smarter. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you, you maybe have been the exception. Back then, oh no, I was still a young, immature schmuck. Right. You know, I was uh, you know, insecure. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. That was, my ex husband was six years older than I was. and he, But he was a young, immature schmuck. Insecure. <laughs> And that's dated men, though, that are, you know, six years, five years, and they think they know better than me. 
And I was always, I'll do what I want to do, thank you very much. And if it comes out badly, I'll deal with it. I said, when me and Stacy were together, me and Stacy were together. That was all, it was all about us, you know. It wasn't, we didn't, we just went and had fun. We didn't really worry about anything else. Whether it was watching her play basketball or, or, you know, hanging at the beach, going for hikes, whatever. We just had fun. We didn't care and we didn't really discuss a lot of, you know, other things. At one time, right. I think I did tell her I wanted to marry her, you know, before everything was said and done. But, you know. <laughs> well, like I said, you know, I can't go back, and I wouldn't go back now to change it if I could. You know, knowing now what I know then, I wouldn't change it because of the fact that I have a beautiful daughter and granddaughter, two granddaughters. Um, had I known she was 15 at the time, we would have never dated. I wouldn't have two, a daughter. Right. I wouldn't have two granddaughters. So, and that's that's the truth. That's the only way I can explain it. You know, if people don't like that, they want to keep saying, "Well, you're a rapist." Whatever. That's their their. They've got to deal with that. You know, I didn't forcibly exactly. rape anybody. Rodney Reed forcibly raped women, and if he didn't get his way, he beat on them. There's a progressive history. I'm pissed off at the state for not signing for the other rapes. I know why they did it, but they should have done it, especially the Tory. Correct. I agree with that. I understand the reasons, but I wish that they had gone ahead and kept him in Bastrop and immediately tried him. Yeah. I mean, at least for the 12-year-old. The 12-year-old would have, you know. The Innocent Project would have kept kept out of it. Everybody would have just shut up. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm in looking at what the Innocence Project has been doing in his case. I don't think even if he'd been convicted of every single additional rape charge, they still would want DNA evidence. They still would say David Board lost the rape kits. They still would be saying Rodney Reed is not the guy. I don't even know anything about that. Uh, because it's about winning for them, and it's about ending yeah. the death penalty. Oh, I know that. A lot of them don't care. It's like the guy who did the documentary that got all this stuff started. He, he even says it at the end. I don't know if Reed is innocent or guilty. I just don't think he got a fair trial. He doesn't think he got a fair trial. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you know what? I could make a documentary, and I could make you look guilty or innocent just to just by the way I do the interviews and the way, the way I question people. It's not that hard. Right. Well, and, and got, he doesn't, uh, he hasn't looked at any of the appellate aspects of the case. Yeah. Which make it then, very clear. He got more than fair trial. And then Dr. Fraud, uh, the human lie detector test can't tell when someone's lying when they're looking down. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So I try to avoid, avoid pictures of rage. I mean, you know, you know, I've been fighting for Stacy for a long time. Anytime you there, there wasn't a you have, for, you know. Yeah. 
I've watched that Dr. Phil episode. That was just uh, special. Isn't even the right word. It's just ooh, it makes me scratch my head on. I mean, honestly, what people will do for ratings and things like that. Like, hey, I'm gonna get onto this, even though you know it's complete BS. I'm gonna get onto this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my support behind this guy and put my credibility on the line just to. Just to get a few extra viewers. And then they can't back out. And exactly. Dr. Phil's got Oprah pushing him, so. Right. Exactly. And well, he's bought into the hype plan. of questions about guilt. Just like just like Justice Sotomayor did. Oh, yeah. So... Um, well, but she's hopefully, a joke that should have never been on the Supreme Court anyway. Yeah. But yeah. that's my Hopefully opinion. the tide is turning. Well, I hope and so. I mean, once, he's already had one one evidential hearing. I mean, that should have been enough. That got him put on death row, and then, then all of a sudden all these well, people actually, got behind him. He, he's actually had three post-conviction three? hearings. I must have missed the one. I'm, I'm surprised you you didn't end up getting called in on any of those. I'm frankly surprised they haven't found quote new evidence against you. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess they're deciding to focus on Jimmy. Lisa, you better you better knock on wood because once Jimmy runs out, they'll probably be desperate for anything. You know what? True. Good luck to him. I wish him the best and all that. <laughs> right. You know. So. Because there is nothing. I mean, we didn't talk for, I hadn't seen or talked to Stacy since 1992. There is no evidence right. to prove that I did because it didn't happen. They would literally have to be making up shit. You know, I obviously know they're good at making up shit, but... <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely, because um, I've seen some of the stuff they said. My favorite was, "Oh, and Stacy was pregnant with Rodney's baby." Yeah, that was that was that was a good one. I'm like, really, dude? <laughs> I think I yeah. let you answer that one. I think I just stopped at that point. <laughs> Well, it's it, the the problem is is that every time it's like whack-a-mole. Every time you shoot down one false premise or false claim, three more pop up. Yeah, and, I've had um, some, like some, some of the people email me, and I'll tell them the truth. Hey, look, I was under the impression, blah blah blah. Okay, you're still guilty. Okay, I'm I'm guilty. Whatever, dude. You know, mm-hmm. I admit to it. There, there's no way around it. I'm, I'm, I've got a daughter, and then they're like, "Well, you should have done jail." Yeah, I did. I did 19 years. I lost 19 years with my daughter. I think I did my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, had I and that's jail, another thing too. I would have known I had a daughter. I, I don't think that it is right for them to be contacting you or contacting Jimmy Finnell or anybody contacting. 
any alternate suspect in any other high-profile case. Well, that's I harassment. It's wrong. If I were do, if I were sending letters every day to Rodney Reed in prison, harassing him and calling him names and being ugly to him, it would be wrong. They can do it to innocent people who have never been tried or convicted, and it's okay because they're doing it on behalf of someone who's sitting in prison. I mean, I haven't gotten any of those letters. I'm sure Fennel has. I'm sure Fennel's getting phone calls, too. I don't get those phone calls. Thank God. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I might end up in jail. Well, no, if it goes to that. Yeah. If you start getting phone calls, involve the police. Yeah, well, I will. And let them find the people and record the calls so that when they threaten your life, because they will, because that's how they roll, then you turn it into the police and then they're looking at charges. And, you know, that's taken very seriously these days. Yeah, and it helps that I live in the country. I have seven big dogs who love their daddy more than they love other people. (laughs) So, you know, and I'm a proud member of the NRA. Right. (laughs) So, So, I mean, well, then you, yeah. I mean, I I know you can take care of yourself, but give the, you know, give. Give the oh, authorities yeah. a chance, because I'd rather see him in jail than. Well, me too. I mean, to be honest with you, I, you know, I'm not going to deal with it. I'll turn it over, and you know, if they show up at the property, there's there's going to be a difference. It's like, like I told Demi when, because she, she's got that interview coming out, you know, that 2020 special. Correct. Stacy's family. You know what? They can attack me all they want. They go after her. We got problems. Right. Then I'll take it personal. Right now, you know what? They call me a rapist. Okay, whatever. You know what? I had an inappropriate relationship. Let's move on. I'm no way really. Exactly. No way. You can't tie me to, you know, Stacey's murder because it did. I was nowhere near that. Um. The only how, reason I was how far eating, is it between San Marcos and Bastrop? Um, forty minutes. Okay, I think it was forty minutes. Forty forty five minutes. Lived in a getting, so that would have been almost two hours, or an hour and a half, whatever. <clears throat> okay, yeah, probably about ninety. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been, done that drive in a while, so I can't tell you exactly. But that being said, I didn't even know. I found out I was a suspect because apparently they thought I found out about my daughter, and it was a revenge thing. Mm-hmm. And as far as the um, Carol filing anything against me, I didn't even know about that. And apparently, from what I understand, Stacy's the one that put the uh, kibosh on that one. Right. Those are the kibosh means. That means stop. (laughs) (laughs) Right, and that's you know that's a big thing. And again, if if 
if we can't say Rodney Reed raped Angela and Vivian with the DNA evidence corroborating that because he was never convicted, they can't call you a rapist because you were never convicted. I mean, there's also a big difference between statutory rape and sexual assault. But I either way, yeah. you were you were never convicted of statutory or any other any other degree. I've never been convicted uh, of anything except for a couple of traffic offenses. Mm-hmm. You know, have I done some bad things? Oh, I'm sure I've. You know, everybody has done. Why don't Why don't you tell us about the Four Horsemen? Okay, the Four Horsemen was to in clear high that school. up. We were, we were just a group of guys that hung out and watched each other's backs. That's all we were, and we got it off the name from uh, Metallica and wrestling. It's a mythology. It's the four horsemen of the apocalypse. When we went to Corpus and people were talking about stealing our car stereos and stuff out of me and my cousin's cars. So we brought up the four horsemen again. You know, our stuff's protected by the four horsemen. Okay. And okay, apparently Stacy and Stacy and Becky made it a lot bigger deal than it was. Right. Because I had, I had what, $4,500 into my car stereo in my Thunderbird back then. And um, whenever I traveled, there was always a shotgun in the back of my car. And people were like, that's cool. You know, I know how you can make some money. I'll steal it. No. <laughs> but the car alarm is just for me to aim the shotgun in the general direction mm-hmm. of the car. But that was the whole four horsemen bit. Right. There was no gang. No, no gang. It was just four guys in high school that drank and partied and had a good time and went and shot pool. And then it went to me, my cousin, and then it ended up being Stacy and Becky. We were like the four horsemen running around Corpus whenever we were, when I was in town. On that, yeah. Yeah. But okay. like I said, I think Becky and Stacy made that bigger than it was. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. And Especially you know, if I'm, they were if they were now part of the four horsemen. Yeah. So But it was fun. So which one I were you? War, famine, pestilence or death? I was probably more like war, but <laughs> I didn't use the name. But But it was just, like I said, we were, it was just an easier way to, to keep people away from our stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're sitting there playing football on the beach with members of uh, the little Hispanic gang bangers. Mm-hmm. I think it was La Raza. I have no idea which one it was. Right. Yeah. Because Corpus was full of little gangs. It was a myth that got blown out of proportion. It got bigger than it was, and it's kind of fun. And that continues <laughs> to this day. Yeah. <laughs> Even though most of everybody that's part of it is gone, 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, it still gets brought up. <laughs> like you were a member of a so... gang. <laughs> Oh Lord, yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe maybe the approach should be, it's like the lamest gang ever because all we ever did was tell people about it. Yeah. And we never did anything. No, I mean, it was just kind of a way to keep people away from your stuff, keep people to respect you and give you space, and not Mm -hmm. try to. And, you know, the people of Corpus didn't know because it's out of Houston. Right. So exactly. they could have thought it was it was this huge thing. It wasn't. <laughs> right. It was just some fun. So. And we always had Metallica cranking up on the radio or uh, that was when the Inner Sandman album came out. And there was Kiss, Rocky Blue. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Queen. Think of what was all on my display back then. Uh, Beastie Boys, Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> These are all things we just listened to. <laughs> but, I mean, my car stereo was set up like a concert. So it had two big 12s. Uh, what was it? Had one amp pushing two ohms at 420 watts. And then um, 17 mids and highs throughout the car at 120 watts. And a little Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. So. What year was the Thunderbird? Uh, 91? Yeah, 91. Black on black with tinted windows. It was loud. Got me a lot more attention and Spots like Referio going to Corpus when I didn't want it to. Oh, you should turn the radio down. <laughs> oh, no. Referio, it just it didn't matter because they were looking for cars with tinted windows and people with long hair. Mm. I got my car okay. searched, drug searched a few times there. Oh. oh you, hit, you hit the white line. Uh, okay. <laughs> I just got off work and I'm tired. I don't do drugs. I don't even smoke in my car. Okay. <laughs> okay. So profiling because of the type of car, the tinted windows, and the length of your yep. hair. Yep. Okay. You know, but white people don't get profiled. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> That's why I'm so shocked to hear it. And- and um, and when people say that is, oh, well, you could have always cut your hair. I could have. I didn't want to. <laughs> right. You but shouldn't have to ball. cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> your mother nature. Yep. Your, uh, what is it? Your your maternal grandfather. Yeah. Uh, I was always worried about, you know, now I got a little belly going on. And it's like, you know. I was always worried about it when I went out to the beach and stuff. I was like, you know what? I'm a grandfather now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I got to admit, all right. to see the grandkids. Yeah. I get to watch them grow yeah, up you a look, little yeah. bit. You look very grandfatherly. 
and your genetics will determine Demi's son's futures. She's only going to have the two granddaughters. Okay. So, because she had uh, complications, I guess. So, I don't want to go into it because that's between her and. No, (laughs) no. I'm, I apologize. I didn't realize that. Oh, no, no. It's okay. I, I, it uh, is what it is. It, know, it's just, got... it's interesting. Now, my father actually somehow escaped, even though his grandfather was early male pattern baldness in like his late 20s. My yeah. dad had a full head of hair till the day he died. Well, some you know recessive gene kicked in. Yeah, but they also say some some guys don't realize they're raising somebody else's child too. So, yeah, never know. Well, no, it's determined by the mother's father. Oh, I know, but I mean, you know, oh yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. So that, uh, but but sometimes there is a recessive gene. Yeah, my brother-in-law is also. Um, he has benefited from that recessive gene that his brothers did not. Well, it's like my where he kept his dad, hair when you know they didn't. My mom was supposed to be so. taking medication to try to get me not to be O negative, but I turned out O negative. So my I'm mom was type. too. Yeah, I'm so. O positive. Our mom was O negative. So you know, and dad was O positive. So. The bodies do weird things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was hoping to put the whole Rodney Reed thing to bed, you know, because I really would like. In November, I would love. I'd love for him to just admit it, so I could forgive him and walk away. <laughs> right. But I know he's never going to, because that's not him. I just find it funny that only one of his brothers is fighting for him. What are the other two brothers doing? Well, from my understanding. Um... The other two, well, there were six of them. Oh, were there? So there are five. Yeah. And my understanding, in addition to Roderick, one of the other brothers is occasionally vocal. I don't know which one. Richard, I think. I don't know about the other two, Robert and Ryan. I've only heard from the one, uh, not personally. Roderick. But, you know. Roderick is like the spearhead, um, and he's probably the one collecting the money so that they can have their iPhones and their trips, and you know, paying their bills and claiming it's for legal fees, even though Innocence Project is pro bono. Yeah. Uh, even though those attorneys have represent has represented to the court in Texas that they're all representing him pro bono, which means they aren't charging him. So why yep. they need money for testing and investigators and all those things that Innocence Project provides, I don't know. Well, we all know. <laughs> yeah. If Rodney gets executed, then that money gets cut off. They'll probably continue trying to collect money until 
um, they'll they'll try to collect money for posthumous DNA testing <laughs> to finally prove that he's innocent. Oh. That's my prediction. So prediction: this is never going to end. He's going to die in prison of old age. I, you know, I, I, although I'm accused of being a lynch mobber, I, you know, I think a due process is due process. He was able to craft, or his attorneys were able to craft allegations that met the law in Texas on successive habeas writs. So he's entitled to have the hearing and further develop it. I don't think it's going to go anywhere at the hearing because I think those law enforcement people who came forward 23 years later, none of them are going to say, I talked to Rocky Wardlow. I talked to John Barton. I talked to um, David well, Ward. Well, it's only one. It's only one law enforcement officer, right? No, it's Durless, who was Bastrop Sheriff who's actually uh, second-hand hearsay that employees of HEB told him that this happened. And then um, Lee Clampett from Lee County, former Lee County, who heard the statement allegedly made at the funeral. Now, did you attend Stacy's funeral? No. Or did you find out after the funeral had taken place? Uh, I didn't even know where she was buried. I stayed away from it. Okay. Uh, because of the whole Carol incident. Okay. I wanted right. that to be a whole fa- that should I wanted it just to be a family thing. I didn't want any trauma for them. Correct. So Correct. I didn't visit the uh, fa- I didn't visit her graveside until um, I met Demi. Actually, the week. Weekend I met him, it was the first time I ever went to the graveside. Okay. All right. So that's you did that all out of respect for Stacy's family and, and I, yeah, not stayed out of the investigation. If I would have actually paid more attention to the court and stuff, I would have found out I had a daughter because it was actually brought out. Right. But no, I. It wasn't brought out at trial. Out. That was that was excluded at trial because it was not relevant. Okay, I saw under uh, yeah, it was excluded at trial under the rape shield, as well as I think the chart. I think the police report her mom filed was also exclude would have been excluded because it's not relevant. It was 1992. It was four years before. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I didn't even know anything about any of that. I didn't even know until somebody brought up the uh, the other thing, the allegation against me. Um, somebody from the the Stacy page brought it up. They sent me an email. Okay. And I was like, okay, none of this shit that you're telling me happened. <laughs> none of it. Right. So whether or not that was the actual document, I can't, I can't say. I mean, they were just saying. Well, it says that Stacy's mother caught y'all when she was 14 in a car. I was like, uh, well, I didn't know Stacy when she was 14, and Stacy's mother never actually caught us. 
Right. The only reason Stacy's mother knew that we had sex was because of Demi. Right. And I, <laughs> I've seen the report, and it's a legitimate report, and it was part of the investigative file. Um, so I, I do know that there is a legitimate report out there. But as you said, you were never contacted. No. So Stacy went to the DA, probably wouldn't testify at the grand jury. And without Stacy's testimony to a grand jury, they can't they can't get an indictment anyway. So you never yeah. you were never contacted because without an indictment there there's nothing that they can they can't charge you. And yeah, without like Stacy cooperating, I, they couldn't have charged you either way. Yeah, I didn't like I said, didn't know anything until this yeah. year. Right. So Which again just proves that they're giving the they're they're talking about things they they take things out of context or they don't put them into the proper context. Well, it's like well, apparently they found out Stacy got um MIP minor possession right whatever that's proper gettings and they were used that well you see. She lied and didn't tell her mom about this. Well, she wouldn't tell her mom about, a, you know, dating what? Dude, that's a big jump right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. That's like, And it was a minor in possession of alcohol, not drugs. Yeah. And that's like, you know, if somebody misrepresents their age, that's a way different thing than, you know. <laughs> and if if I recall the chronology correctly, it was – the year they raised the drinking age to 21. Yeah. Because well, when I lived the, in Texas. They raised the drinking 19, age to 21 before uh, I turned 21. So it was like 1985, I think they raised the age. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but still, I mean, minors in possession, that's just like a joke. Everybody gets those. That's like a, a getting detention for being late to school. Okay. Okay, Louisiana had to do it. My sister, my youngest sister turned 18 in 1986. Yeah. Louisiana was forced to raise it. Yeah, or they the would have year lost she turned 18. She was very upset. <laughs> yeah. And I, when I lived in Texas in 82, in the Dallas area, it was 19. Yeah. So, like, I never got a minor in possession, but I should have. Right. I mean, it's like they say, well, you know, people don't lie about their age unless, no, people lie about their age to get into clubs. They lie about their age to get Uh into places. You know, it happens. I'm not going to hold it against anybody. (laughs) Correct. I I knew several people in high school who made excellent IDs. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not saying that was the case here because I don't want anybody to say, oh, well, she lied about her age. She could lie about No, that's a big difference, and I'm not saying she did. So Mm -hmm. they can go suck an egg. Right. No, and that's not not the same. They said, well, you should have broke it off after you found out three months down the road. Well, you know what? 
I probably should have, but I was kind of screwed either way. A, I loved her. And B, you know, it already happened. So. <laughs> right. You know, what are you going to do? Well, you could flip a coin, take a chance. You know, I'm not saying Stacy would have been the kind for revenge on somebody, you know, because she didn't seem that way, but you never know. Mm-hmm. If he broke up with me, I'm going to ruin his life. I have no women like that. I dated one. She's right. still next to me. <laughs> you know? But I also, you know, I kind of, I think Carol was trying to protect her daughter. Yeah, I understand Carol, and I, I don't hold any grudges against Carol. The only thing I was upset about was not knowing that I had a daughter. But you know what? Right. It is what it is. It's done. I forgave her, and, and I'm done with it. And I, you know, Stacy may have, especially since you already wanted to get married, yeah. Stacy may have been, she may have not wanted you to have to quit school or well, I wasn't in school. not I was finish your degree. School wasn't even a factor when we were dating. I didn't go back to school oh, okay. until after uh, me and the company had a falling out, you know, about six months okay. later. And then I decided okay. I'm going to go back to school and get a degree, so... I think I started my degree in 94. I got married in 95. Uh, and we were divorced in 98 or 99, so. Well, you you might have, you know, you might not have been able to go back to school if yeah. that was an aspiration for you, if no, you had a wife and child. Or I would have been, you know, worked my way up in a company and been out you know, making six figures at Walmart, who knows? Or been or been miserable in a company yeah. in a job you didn't I mean there are so you many know, things you can't predict. No, I know. Um, and it's just the future. it's just like one of those things. It's like you know, it is what it is. There's nothing you yeah. can do about it, you know. Do I think um my life would have been better knowing I had a daughter and raising her? Probably. But I'm happy now knowing I have a daughter and I have two granddaughters. And if I would have known I had a daughter, I may not have these two granddaughters because she would have been raised differently. Still there? Right. So, <laughs> so I mean, so. It, it turns out, and that's what people say, well, you know, it's God's plan. Well, okay, it was obviously God's plan. If you're really religious, you just have to say, that was God's plan. Me to me, Stacy, Stacy did get pregnant and us to have a baby, you know. And then God knew that Stacy's life would be shorter, so. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. I Yeah, it's, that, yeah, there are so many different ways, you know. Um I mean, I think of alternate universe. I'm starting to think about alternate universe theory. I mean, I'm. It worked out the way it worked out. I mean, I'm not in the best position I am right now. I lost everything on the dot com crash and stuff. So, and I never did rebound. Uh, Said I took care of my grandmother for seven years after that. So, 
And then I'm not really good at kissing people's asses. So here I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then when I thought it was all, you know, one chapter that I, the chapter, the read chapter was about to be over, then it gets extended another year. <laughs> right. And it's been extended. Yeah, it'll be extended a year because the trial's in September. So, yeah, it'll be almost a year. And even if they do decide, you know, to execute, that's not going to happen until 2021 at the earliest. Well, I, I unfortunately, uh, I, I hate to say it, after the hearings in September, it's probably going to be at least a year, maybe two, for it to work its way from Judge Langley and through the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals. Yeah, when, you know, because should... the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals, contrary to the allegations made by Reed's people, they are not rubber stamping the trial court's decisions. Yeah, they're taking months, sometimes more than a year. In a couple of instances, about eighteen months to render a decision in any of his appeals. So they are carefully carefully reviewing, carefully considering the record as a whole. Unfortunately <laughs> for us, so. for the you know, for the people that want it to be over with, yeah. You know, fortunate for him, he gets to spend another two years on death row. Years on death row. Right. And then they can find They're, other things trying to bring up they're they're trying to get him released oh I know because of the COVID because of the what the COVID-19 coronavirus he's in a cell by himself (laughs) what the hell So, so why don't we do this um let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and, and talk some more. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Clear and Convincing with Lisa O'Brien and Michael Carnahan. We'll be right back after this.
Each and every Monday night, join Sean Castleberry, Danny Williamson, and Brad Hicks as they bring you the Fuck It! We'll Do It Live show. Ladies and gentlemen, this show will bring you a unique perspective on everything that is pop culture and everything that is relevant in the news today. That is the Fuck It! We'll Do It Live show. Live, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, only on Talk Radio 49. But then it got a little crazy, it got a little hazy, and the cops said there's something wrong here. Oh, here, kid, kid. Oh, mama's got On Wednesdays, join Cody Downs and Brad Hicks as they bring you No Country for Conspiracy, where they will delve into the realm of the unexplained and the unimaginable. That's right, it's No Country for Conspiracy right here on Talk Radio 49, once a month on Wednesdays. Carnahan here with Talk Radio 49, and listening to your favorite podcast on the go has never, ever been any easier. If you're an iPhone user, to subscribe to us on iTunes, all you have to do is search out Talk Radio 490. Go ahead and throw us a subscribe. Also, if you'd like the F It We'll Do It live show and you want to watch on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe. F It We'll Do It live show. Hit that subscribe button and hit that notification bell, and you'll be notified whenever a new show pops up. Ladies and gentlemen, coming soon we will have new YouTube pages for Clear and Convincing and ASWF Aftermath as well. Once again, it's never, ever been any more simple to find Talk Radio 49 content at your leisure. State of Arizona versus Jody Ann Arias, verdict count one. We the jury duly impaneled and sworn in the above entitled action upon our oath do find the defendant as to count one first degree murder guilty. I've been in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. I done said the right thing, but it must have used the wrong line. I've been on the right trail, but it must have Good evening. This is clear and convincing with Michael Carnahan and Lisa O'Brien where we explore the most infamous cases in our country's history based not on the court of public opinion, but from the perspective of the courts.
this time, the court will read the verdicts. On count one, the verdict reads as follows. We, the jury, find the defendant, Stephen A. Avery, guilty of first-degree intentional homicide as charged in the first count of the information. I've been in a right place. the mother been a wrong song. I've been in a right place. And we're back. Yes, ma'am. And I want to apologize for that somewhat abrupt request for a break. The wind has picked up here, and I heard doors opening and closing while we were talking. And so I had to go around and secure the doors. It's all good. So. It happened. <laughs> and, you know, Greg, um, another thing I wanted to talk to you about was uh, you actually are a, uh, you run something of a rescue for cats and dogs. It's more of a sanctuary now. I stopped taking in any animals. I just got a, okay. know, quite a few that I feed and I take care of here on the property. I also take care of all the feral animals in the neighborhood that people dump off and make sure that they're fed. Okay. But and yeah, you do that entirely on your own. Yep. I mean, every now and then I've had a few people help me out. Yeah, mainly it's just me. So, and it's a sanctuary. They just, they live with you until, until or do you, do you adopt or does it depend? No, because most of them are bonded now. Well, all of them are bonded because, I mean, my youngest animals are five years old, except for my dog. My beast is like three years old. But they're all bonded with each other, so it's it would be hard around them. Right. Not in the group anymore. So, right. And the oldest one is, I think he's 19 now. Mm. Okay. And you know, the so, average age was is nine and above. The little girl that's with me right now, she's almost eleven or twelve. Okay. Yeah, we our my dad's cat that we inherited from him in twenty twelve was had just turned eighteen. When he passed. Yeah. So, and we didn't get another. My my sister won't let me get another one. We have a spoiled rotten dog. And she won't let me get another cat. So, I'm trying to make friends with the ferals in the neighborhood, though. Yeah. I got one feral that will let me pick her up. But, you know, it's only briefly. Yeah. And I got to yeah. talk to somebody before the corona COVID-19, I was going to have somebody come and uh, trap and get all the cats fixed in the neighborhood because there's a group that'll mm-hmm. do that, but then COVID-19 kind of screwed all that up. Right. So you'll have to do that when things yeah. go back, if they ever do. Go back to normal. This is a joke. I mean, <laughs> 
and I'm pre-existing, so yeah, I had to get tested a few weeks ago, which kicked me out of work for two weeks. Oh no! Did, and now when I do back, it's like you got to wear a mask. I'm like, dude, I got asthma. I do not like masks. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. So, did it come out positive? It came out negative. It came out it's negative. Yeah, I got a really bad sinus infection that just came on really quick. And because of asthma and lung issues, they were like, yeah, you should get checked out. So I was like, okay. So I had my brain pierced. Right. And then they kick you out for two weeks because the whole uh, the test is only 68% accurate. Okay, right. So so I don't, I'm living in one of the hot spots, so. Yeah. Our stay at but home got extended to the 16th of May. <laughs> I mean, 80% of the people that get it aren't even going to realize they have it. Right. The problem is the ones that, that have it and, and have it bad. Yeah. Oh, I know. But I think that's what that's what's concerned um, because we were at a point where if projections – before the, the stay at home orders, the models are now at like one percent, less than one percent. Right. Right. So they don't really know what they're dealing with, and then they just keep saying, keep saying, "This is a new sign. This is a new sign. This is a new sign." It's like if you get blisters on your feet, it's a new sign. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know whether they're coming well, I think or going from one day to the next. Yeah, and it. It caught, like I said, it caught everybody. It's never been seen before. And so we're, you know, we're trying to deal with it. And we were, based on population, we were high percentage of of positive cases. Oh, yeah. So, and our our wonderful mayor has tried to politicize that. Of course. So, you know, even though the President of the United States could not have made you not have Mardi Gras. That's not his call. And he didn't have any more information than you had. And you decided not to call on Mardi Gras. Yeah, and the who lied about it, you know? It was like, oh, it's not contagious. Oh, now it's all contagious. Okay. <laughs> Right. So the rules keep changing on it. It's like, okay, we know it's based off cold virus. If you know anybody that knows the cold virus, it's highly contagious. Correct. It can be fatal for people with lung issues or AIDS. Right. Any compromise, any compromise. If you... If you've had chemotherapy, your immune system is forever compromised. It's never so, the same. Um, so do I believe COVID is true? Yes. Do I believe it was made in a lot of charity? Yes. So, but it is. It's it, it's a crazy situation that we find ourselves accidentally, in. Accidentally let out on on the world. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, that, excuse me, that is, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, that that's too sticky for this yeah. program. <laughs> Perhaps yeah, you should so tune in on Monday night to F it, we're gonna do it live. <laughs> and talk to talk to Brad and Sean. <laughs> I uh I just need more information. Yeah. To, I mean, to I be able to I say. Don't media. I don't pay attention to Fox. I don't pay attention to CNN. I don't pay attention to MSNBC. I read everything. You know, you get reports that come out daily that say different things. Like, right. okay, you either don't know what the hell is going on or Roger's making shit up. <laughs> uh, now so saying, that's the. The sun kills it. They had a report last week, well, the sun doesn't affect it. Then they had one. That's definite that the sun does affect it, and it kills it. And I've known that because I've got a, I bought a UV light just to sanitize stuff at home. Okay. Yeah, that's a different thing, and that's a that's one of the drawbacks of the information age that we're in. Yeah, you have to kind of read everything to find out the truth. Because yeah, it's it's very hard to vet information now. And then like the media so, will always tell you so and so died. Well okay, they had a player I guess he was a playwright and an author, he died of it. But they didn't tell us pre existing, so which happened to be that he beat one uh he beat one form of cancer and he had AIDS. Right. And the actor who had uh, acute asthma. Right. They they want to leave out. It's no longer we don't have media based on facts. We have media based on opinions anymore. They like to leave facts out. Correct. That's why I miss the media uh, this in the eighties. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. There's there's no journalism now. It's it's advocacy. I mean, if you look at any of the stuff on Rodney Reed, they leave out all the facts. And they buried half the facts. It took me forever to find the facts again because when my computer crashed, where I had all the facts, it crashed and I couldn't retrieve them back. So I had to go try to research the facts and reach yeah. and all this stuff. And I would have to go back 10, 15 pages to find anything. Most people won't do it. It's like, okay, I went through two pages, I'm done. Right. Kim Kardashian said this, so, you know, she obviously. It must be true. Yeah. (laughs) Or Dr. Phil. It must be true. So. All right. Well, um, we're we're almost at. An hour and a half now. Time has flown. Yeah. We have made it to an hour and a half. And everything that I've said is based on the truth that I remember. Right. You lived it. I see. It's been what? 28 years? 24. Coming up on 24 years. It's 28 years since. Because I dated Stacey right. too, so that's 28 years. 
And yet I still remember a lot more than most people would. That's just because I, I remember things in the past better than I do the future. I mean, the past mm-hmm. he's done. I don't know where the hell I cut him. But yeah, if you ask me where I was on this and this date, I can probably get close to it. <laughs> right. So, only what's um. I do remember exactly the last day because we. Her mom broke us up at Slitterbond. Right. Well, let's um, let's close out. Um, what is your funniest memory of Stacy? <laughs> what is my funniest memory? It's hard. She was I a practical know. joker. She didn't really joke so. Me, oh, she didn't. No. You're kind of muffled a little bit. Sorry. Let's see. Because I was on speakerphone. And I oh, okay. Can you hear me better? Um, yes. She really didn't play better. any practical jokes on me. I mean, when we were together, we were together. I mean, and it just made me happy. So it was no matter where we were, we were always seemed to be happy. Whether we were walking the mall, going to Spencer's or and we did Spencer's or watching a movie. We watched Wayne's World. I do remember that. I saw Wayne's World with her. And then I saw fried green tomatoes with her and her mother. <laughs> I took her mother oh. to that one. Actually, it was a good movie. Not a movie I would choose to go see myself, but, you know. <laughs> right. Okay. I remember um, those two. We had, you know, I would watch her play basketball, and it was just fun watching her. Uh, hanging out on the beach. Now I said all we had was, we had fun. You know, we could, act, I could, I felt like I could be myself with her without any issues. And hopefully she felt the same way, wouldn't <laughs> Right. Like I said, when we got together, it was like I totally forgot the week, you know. I could have a horrible week, and once I got to Corpus, I was better. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how how good relationships are. We had one little fight, and it was like over in like 10 minutes, (laughs) and then we were back to, Mm -hmm. you know, being happy. But, you know, I, and I always hoped that, you know, eventually our past would re- reunite. We would find, see if we went, could go further. But, you know, that got taken away from me in 90, 96. So, because you never know how, you know, marriages are going to last because I knew mine wasn't. Because mine was kind mm-hmm. of more the parents wanted it, her parents we mm-hmm. were happy living together. <laughs> okay. And then who knows if Stacy's would have lasted, you know? Right. Or who knows? I I kind of think Stacy knew that I ended up getting married because it actually went out in a damn thing in um in the county that she was living. The engagement announcement. Oh. So that might have <laughs> been what spurred her into the relationship. 
could have. I mean, I'm not going to say that because I think her and Jimmy's, uh, from everything I've accounted for with the pictures and everything, they were happy. But it may have pushed her more towards a marriage then. Who knows? (laughs) Right. I don't know. Right. That would all be speculation, and I'm not going to say yes or no to that. But like I said, who knows? Especially now with the digital age. I mean, if Stacy would have gotten divorced from Jimmy, you know, God forbid, because if we be together and men are meant to be together, you know, I want them to be together. Right. But then, you know, with Facebook and everything, people seem to find you. Yeah. And when they find you, sometimes old romances rekindle. Sometimes they don't. I've right. seen them start to and kindle. I mean... I had an ex-girlfriend from high school that found me and that was like checking dates to make sure that none of her kids were mine, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, well, so, are they born? <laughs> and but it sounds to me as though you, you feel in your heart of hearts that Stacy was the one for you. Yeah, I do. And that you were the one for her. I and thought so that I was, what if, she was the one for me, but, you know, the what-ifs are always going to be there because, you know, you you never get that chance now. And I'm, you know, do I love my ex-wife? Yeah, I love her, but not the way I loved Stacy. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, my high school sweethearts, yeah, I loved them back then, but not the way I loved her. <laughs> right. And she did give me, you know, and what could be making it, even more was she did give me the greatest gift that a woman can ever give a man, which is our daughter, even though I didn't know I had a daughter and found out later, it's still a gift that I wouldn't have had before. Right. I wouldn't have had a daughter. I wouldn't have had two great granddaughters. Well, two. Yeah. I'm saying two granddaughters who are great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, So, right. You know, yeah. And well, and now you have the chance to move forward and have a a good relationship with Demi and with her yeah. her daughters. And, and I have that relationship. It's not as good for. as I would like to. It's just because of the distance that we live. You know, she lives in East Texas. I live here, and it's a lot mm-hmm. harder to get out. And now with this COVID, we've had to push back Easter. We've had to push back Demi's birthday. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, Demi's birthday is two months. It's on the exact day as her mother, two months apart. So, Stacy's birthday was January nineteenth. Demi's mm-hmm. birthday was is March nineteenth. Okay. January, okay. My birthday's January twenty first. <laughs> right. Right. So. So yeah, you've had to postpone. Yeah. All of this until now. I'm. Hoping that we make it up to, uh, hoping all this ends by June first, so that I can go be with them for Stacy's birthday. Because I've got a bunch of right. stuff that I need to take up there. <laughs> <laughs> so right. I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope that I hope that happens for everybody. Yeah. And then so. you know. I've never felt the same way that I felt about Stacey, and I'll never feel that way again. I don't Now, mind you, tomorrow I could wake up and, boom, some God decided to throw an angel in my face. 
you know, at me. <laughs> and right. it happened again, but, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, God, go to Hotel Transylvania 3 where Dracula zings twice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I watch kids' movies. They have well, better soundtracks than does. a lot of the crap yeah, nowadays. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that during this quarantine. I've been living yeah. on Disney+. Plus. Um, my my sister used to watch the movies with her son, who's yeah. now going to be 33 on Tuesday. And um, she still watches them. She I loves still, Maleficent. I, I still watch them. I just, I just find some of them more... I love the Minion movie. The mm-hmm. Minions and, you know, so. Yeah. Minions had a badass soundtrack. I don't like <laughs> the new stuff because they're always throwing in rap soundtracks, and I just don't really like rap music. <laughs> right, right. You know. Um, yeah, I I watched all the Avengers movies on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Like and all the, the Star Wars, the later Star Wars movies. Okay, I that I had never seen. Later Star Wars. <laughs> They're pretty good. They're pretty They're good. They're all right. They're all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would have actually went to the theaters and watched this last one if Jar Jar Binks would have ended up being the big bad and not the Emperor. Jar Jar, you mean? Um, Jar Jar Binks you don't in the mean... prequels. Jar Jar Binks, the weird. Oh, yeah. the, how could that have been a bit? How could that have possibly been a bad guy? He's the one that actually <laughs> set the emperor up to take the power. Oh, okay. Without his vote, without his vote, the emperor wouldn't have got control of the senate. I think you're thinking of a different character. No, Jar Jar was the one because Queen Al. Um, oh God, what is her name? Was actually on a different planet, so he gave the the vote. Oh, to get okay. To See, I didn't, I didn't really watch the prequel. I I saw the prequel once, but I didn't really watch them. Yeah. So I, I guess I'll have to go back Jar Jar, and watch the prequel so if, ones. If Jar Jar, this goofy little guy, turned around, it would kind of like be in The Usual Suspects, where Kevin Spacey turns out to be Kaiser Sose. Okay. All right. So it would have been like Jar Jar showing up as the big bad, the most hated character in the Star Wars universe. Actually initiated everything. <laughs> okay. Star Trek is so much simpler. Yeah. <laughs> I like them both, so I don't care. My Yeah, my family. Although my, my uncle leans towards Star Trek. Yeah. He gets a bigger kick out of Star Trek jokes. Than well, Star I saw Wars Star Wars in 1977 in the Galleria movie theater with my cousin and my grandfather. Yeah, I saw so. it at Oakwood Mall because my mom and dad wanted a Sunday afternoon without children. <laughs> And Star Wars looked like the most innocuous movie for a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 9-year-old. 
and that's when movie theaters only had two movies, and it's like when we went and saw Grease, the only other movie playing was uh, Carrie. So you had, yeah. you know. Oakwood, Oakwood had six. Oakwood Mall had six. Six theaters. Yeah. They were they were big, and then I sure worked at, at Aurora. That was pretty big. And yeah. then there was, um, God, the number of movie theaters back in the day. And then there was West Side, which was cheaper because it tended to show older movies, yeah, like in second run. So if you missed it in the first release, well, you could go see they it used later. to do with a. They used to do that with a dollar cinema. Mm-hmm. In the eighties, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I remember those dollar cinemas. That That's was, where I saw the first Jurassic Park. Yeah, and then I, I saw I I graduated high school in nineteen eighty two, so I'm like five years older than you are. Yeah, and um, I saw Poltergeist and Raiders of the Lost Ark and those are the only two movies in the history of movies that actually made me jump (laughs) during a scene and my best friend was so thrilled she had already seen both of them so she knew it was coming Yeah. and when I actually jumped she's like finally (laughs) you are human (laughs) because she was scarier than I was as far yeah. as, you know, scary movies went. And I would laugh at her being scared and hiding her eyes, and so she got me. Oh. Well, so. it has been fun. It has. Thank you so much for joining us and talking to us about uh, yourself and about Stacy, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully now people out there... We'll know the real you and the real Stacy. Well, hopefully you can edit it and make me look not sound like as big a dip shit in spots. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I, <laughs> you know, if we did that, we'd Michael, between Michael and me, we'd barely have a show. Yeah. <laughs> so well, this will go know, out. It's not going to be live, it's, but it's, it's not edited. Okay. We don't do editing. Oh, no. We we go and warts and all because we are usually live. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I mean, I'm good. I mean, so, I was honest. There's, I don't think there's anything that they can use against her that hasn't, they haven't already tried to use against her. So. Right. And like I said, it's for, uh, for people who haven't made up their minds, they, they might know yeah. the real Stacy. They might learn more about Stacy. And you know. who she was outside of the fiction created by Rodney Reed. You know, I've shared all the pictures that I had. I mean, it wasn't like nowadays where you can take a picture doing everything. We had a Polaroid camera and saltwater ruined <laughs> Polaroid. We used to have to tape the film to the yeah. drugstore well, we or that the photomask. Some of the pictures that I scanned in were that, and some of them were Polaroids. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. we took pictures, yeah. but we didn't take thousands of pictures like they do nowadays. Well, 
I think I've got 1,200 right. on my phone of cats and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I remember once taking a roll of film, and I I can't remember where it was or what it was for, but I took it to be developed, and it was Fuji film, and they sent it. They had to send it to Fuji, and then like three weeks later, finally I got the call. It's ready, and it was ruined. Yeah. So whatever I, I was trying to document was gone. I've got a couple rolls of film that I still have at the house that I have to get developed eventually. But I know it—I know it's nothing to do with Stacy. It's uh, probably from a wilderness park or a zoo. Right. I'll be careful. They might not be able to do it anymore. Yeah, I well, I know Walmart still does it, but that's okay. if the if the stuff isn't ruined anyway, you know, you never know. The, the The worst day of my dad's life was when he took, I think he took it to Walgreens, and they could not develop it. It was he was a marine surveyor, yeah. and so then he had to go get a digital camera. And well, that's what my happened. father. Film- an engineer was time. my father an engineer was technologically challenged <laughs> and yep. so the digital camera was a nightmare for him for about a year and then he then he started liking it because he could just download all the pictures on the computer and use the ones he liked problem with the early <laughs> digital cameras is they were slow taking those pictures <laughs> They had to think I, about it. I think he, I think he managed until about 2004 to avoid digital cameras. Yep. And by then they were pretty good. Yeah, they were a little better. Even I the even the cheap cheap ones. Yeah. Um. I think some of the more expensive I got I always got the cheap ones where you had no choice of shutter speed. Yeah. It was one and that was it. Um and I each even got a cheap one that took really good video. You know, I I only ever up- uploaded one video to YouTube <clears throat> of my dog and my friend's dog playing with each other and having a literal pissing contest. <laughs> I think my because YouTube is What is my YouTube channel? Let me see. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. Uh Is it under corner? No, I think it's under Gregory C. I think I took the corner off of it just so I wouldn't have to deal with people. Well, okay. And, and not not that it was dealing with people. It was just because anytime somebody typed in Gregory's Corner, they would get 500 different things. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because of the whole, you know, everybody's corner. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think I put it under Gregory C. I think so. you've responded on some of the threads. Yeah. The read <laughs> threads. So, oh, I probably have. <clears throat> so, you um, know, usually, usually right. what happens is they delete that crap 
you know, it's like, oh my God, he's talking bad about Greg, about Reed. Oh, uh, what is my case? Yeah. Oh, Gregory C. Oh, well, I'm going to check that out. Because, <clears throat> like I said, I did that basically because, like I said, there was another Gregory Corner who was the basis for Kill Hannah. So his stuff was popping up. And then, because mm-hmm. his stuff pops up in my IMDb page as well. Okay. Because I've been a featured actor. Well, I'm in credits <laughs> on IMDb, the International Movie Database as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did that for a while, and then my grandmother got sick, and then, yeah. And then I wasn't going to, how do you put it nicely, blow a Harvey Weinstein to get <laughs> fame and fortune. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, so he's going oh, that way too? It's not just how the uh, the casting couch isn't just for women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to say it was the Harvey Weinstein guy that I would have to do that to. It could have been any one of them because he's just the one that everybody's targeted. <laughs> right, right. So, Well, thank you again for joining us. And um, I think we're going to wrap up. I'm going to go feed everybody. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thank you now so much. Stop raining. Thank you. Oh, I enjoyed it. Like I said, this will probably be the only interview I give. I don't, you know, <laughs> right. I don't talk to the press, so I'll leave that to Demi. I'll fight for Stacy, and if, you know, I'll probably end up showing up at the courthouse. I might be right. dressed as the Grim Reaper. I might try to see if I can't <laughs> borrow my old horse that I sold. <laughs> Well, I could look. I could just be in a black you suit. You just as war, you know. <laughs> bring the horsemen back. <laughs> I could if they all were alive. <laughs> yeah. But the Grim Thank Reaper with the sign that says, um, "You know, sooner or later, your time's coming." <laughs> mm-hmm. Death comes to us all. Yep. Very true. But who knows? I will be there one day. I just don't know what day. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Greg. You're welcome. I would go if it, it were in Louisiana. <laughs> it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Y'all have a good one. You too. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Well, that was that. That was a pretty good interview. Uh, got into, got off into the weeds a little bit about some other stuff, which was cool. It, you know, kind of framed his life, not only with Stacy but past Stacy and et cetera. Et cetera. Correct. That was. Um, I I really enjoyed that. He's fun Absolutely. to talk to. I've chatted with him on Facebook. Um, but he's he's fun to talk to. Absolutely, he is. All right. Oh, real quick, before we hop off here, don't forget, uh, mm-hmm. we actually do now have a uh, YouTube channel. All you have to do is search Clear and yeah. Convincing Podcast. Uh, hop on there, give us a subscribe, hit the notification bell. And uh, right now, I'm uploading old episodes, so I can't guarantee that the episodes will be up there automatically the day after we uh, record. But... Uh, 
just keep an eye out. And if you like our old stuff, definitely go into our archives here on YouTube and listen to it. Right now, as a matter of fact, as we're doing the show, I'm uploading uh, our second episode uh, with Arkansas versus Liddell Lee. Okay, you're. St- uh, what are you still working on? What season are you working on? Oh, this is just the very second, the second episode, Lisa. These things are taking about an okay. hour and a half. <laughs> oh, joy. Okay, so you're still working on season one. Yes, exactly. Okay, great. Well, what I'll do is after uh, in the outro for Tuesday's show, I'll give them the channel information. I'll add that to my outro because I didn't know about that when I wrote my outro this morning. And um, I'll add that for season one. And then when we get season two, we'll let them know when season two goes up, when you finish season two. But once you get everything uploaded, it'll be a lot easier to keep it up as we go along in the future. Um And we'll coordinate. Once I get caught up, it'll be, it'll be hopefully the right. next day episodes up. Okay. That we were the day before, et cetera, right. et cetera. And I may, we'll, we'll discuss on chat. I may be able to, um, I, I probably should rather um, go ahead and, have you tell me what I need to do to upload them to YouTube because I haven't got a clue and then I'll start uploading as well. Like I'll maybe start season two or start season three so that we get current and then worry about archive later. Right. We'll, we'll coordinate that. We'll coordinate that and let's, you know, stop boring the listeners with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, you ready to put a bow on this? Let's do it. Thank you for listening to Clear and Convincing with Lisa O'Brien and Michael Carnahan. If you like our show and want to know more, you can find us on Facebook. Go to our blog at clearandconvincingpodcast.wordpress.com or follow me on Twitter at O'Brien L. Ann. Join us on Tuesday, April 28, 2020 at 8 o'clock p.m. Central for Episode 10 social isolation, and horse racing. We'll be joined by Mr. Michael Amo and Dr. Brian Langlois of Thorofan, a 501c organization founded to retain and enrich the experience of existing horse racing fans, attract new fans, and give fans a voice in the industry. The Kentucky Derby won't be run the first Saturday in May for the first time in roughly 88 years, and the future of the Preakness Stakes and Belmont Stakes are uncertain. Unlike other sports, racetracks around the country have continued live racing without spectators. Some tracks did suspend operations due to stay-at-home orders or local regulations, but many others, including Oaklawn, Laurel Park in Maryland, and Gulfstream Park and Tampa Bay Downs in Florida, have continued live racing even today. We'll pick up where we left off in our second interview and talk about the work Mr. Amo and Dr. Langlois are doing in their communities to enrich the lives of all creatures, great and small, 
and we'll talk about the impact of COVID-19 on the racing industry. Until then, have a great rest of the week and stay safe. Good night.